Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse, and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery. And I'd love to share with you about these phases, what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. Welcome, everyone, to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. And for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and am the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them break free from the pain of abuse and finally feel normal. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. 
Now, today, folks, I'm very excited to have here with me my guest, Sonia Singh, who's going to be sharing with us about finding the love you want. What a great thing for us to explore here this month of February. So before we jump into this conversation with Sonia, I want to tell you a little bit more about her. I've had the great pleasure of meeting Sonia in person, and she is just a joy. She's um, full of energy and love and just so easy to connect with. And she is also the founder of Finding Bliss, and she really is in love with love. (laughs) She's just this passionate, warm, magnetic, and fiery relationship coach. Her gentleness and assertiveness make her unique in her passion for helping people find the love they want. And as a long-standing part of her family's culture, matchmaking has really been woven into her being. Yet she discovered her passion almost by accident. And, of course, Sonia believes all accidents are guides for us in our journey. And so we're going to learn more about that and how she came to do this wonderful work and, you know, more about matchmaking and also just, you know, things that we need to keep in mind as we set out to find love. So, Sonia, welcome. So glad to have you here today. (laughs) Thanks for that beautiful introduction, Rachel. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. (laughs) And um, so one thing before we start getting into some of the nitty-gritty of how people go about finding love, I'd love to hear your story and how you came to this work and, you know, particularly this, um, you know, I think, I've heard, you know, there are relationship coaches all over the place. And matchmaking mm. is maybe something that people aren't quite familiar with or maybe have assumptions about or ideas about. And uh, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that work that you do just to get us started today. Sure. Well, I got into matchmaking because I was looking for love. I had moved here from New York to San Francisco and I wanted to meet somebody, and at the time I wanted to meet a man, and I'm like, where do you meet men in San Francisco? Like, they're either gay or they're married. So (laughs) I was introduced to a matchmaker, and I wanted to work with her, and I did. And three months into it, she called me, and she said, I have the perfect match for you. And a day before, I had gotten laid off a job. And so I call, I told her to call, give me a call towards the end of that month so I can have some time and be in the right mindset to meet this person. Mm-hmm. And she was hiring a personal assistant. So um, <laughs> I, I was an assistant to three attorneys in New York, so I knew I could handle that and get that job. And sure enough, I did. Um, she interviewed me and hired me on the spot. And within two months, I was matching all her clients. And she was amazed and blown away, and that's when I realized, and she is the one who pointed it out, and she's like, do you realize this is kind of your innate gift? And I'm like, I didn't until now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And that's why I say it it kind of felt like an accident. However, it was meant to be, and that's where I learned how to do the work that I do. And however quickly I realized that I wanted to help people get to the source of what holds them back from finding love, so their love is sustainable. What mm. I found out quickly was that just making introductions to people um, with their potential matches, no matter how great that match is, no matter how beautiful that person is and that connection is, if the underlying belief is, you know, I'm not lovable or I'm not worthy of love, 
then that relationship is going to be sabotaged no matter what kind of matchmaker I am and how wonderful I am. So after working with two companies, I decided that it was time to start my own when I started my own personal journey and discovering what I needed to do for me and my personal development and growth. And um, when I did that, I knew that relationship coaching was a huge part of that Mm -hmm. to really help people understand what love means to them, right? And when we work through those fears and challenges and understand our stories and own them from a place of love and compassion, (laughs) then love, I believe, is inevitable. Hmm. So I hope that tells you a little bit of my story. Yeah, I love that. What really um, struck me in what you just shared there, Sonia, is the, the the putting these two pieces together. So there's almost like the practical work of finding a person, finding a match, going out on the dates. <laughs> but then there's the you know that internal work, and yeah, as soon as we start to be in a relationship, all sorts of things come up. And definitely for survivors of abuse, you know those underlying triggers or those underlying beliefs. Um, even if they're somewhat dormant if we're when we're single, boy, as soon as we get into relationship, they can really, you know, the dial can really turn up on that. So I absolutely love what you're saying about having, you know, these two pieces together and that you're offering that kind of support, not just the finding of the par- potential partner, but being able to support your clients in that healing work to make them, you know, be able to have a sustainable relationship. Absolutely. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is this idea of having a clear intention and the right mindset for finding love. So I'd love to know more about that because I know a lot of my clients will say, well, I think I'm ready to date or I'm not quite sure or how do I know if I'm ready or how do I really enter into this from a great place. So can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what it means to have a clear intention and right mindset for finding love? Absolutely. So first and foremost, the most important relationship we have is the one with ourselves. And the clear intention is really, the first clear intention is to to fall in love with all parts of ourselves, the parts that we don't really love about ourselves, the parts that we judge about ourselves, the parts that we feel like are truly unlovable, right? To really mm-hmm. be that as a whole and set the intention to have the most amazing relationship with yourself and to be a happy and proud single and know that the experiences in your life have been lessons and gifts in a sense to bring you where you are today, to help you have that openness and that depth, right? Mm-hmm. And so setting the intention to be in a relationship really starts with yourself. And then I talk about the right mindset because sometimes people set the intention, well, I want to find love, right? But they're attracting people in their life maybe that are commitment folks that are not available or that make them feel like shit, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. And when that happens, it's it's not that there's anything wrong with the person and 
at times people feel defeated and disappointed because they keep finding themselves in the same pattern, right? And so it's to step back and look at, well, what's happening within me that uh, that is attracting this in my life? And what story that what story is it validating from possibly my childhood or possibly my former relationship or possibly an abuse that you had went but you've been through in your life, right? right. Um, and so when we do that and we take a look at so setting the intention, you can have the intention to finding love. But the work that my, I do with my clients is having their mindset be in alignment with their intention. So to me, mindset consists of your beliefs, your behaviors, and your feelings. Now, when all of those come into alignment, there's a flow, right? And when there's a flow and you attract that vibe that you're emanating, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And, And that's why I go back to that love is inevitable, If you're willing to do the work on yourself, if you're willing to go through that process to um, sort of go deeper, you know, have the willingness to do that. And that can be scary. And having someone that facilitates that process for you and holds that safe space for you, I feel like is absolutely an invaluable Hmm. gift to have. And, right, does that make sense? It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this framework that you're setting up of self-love first and understanding yourself, uh, that doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, a hermit and never go out and never date or never see anyone, but, but that there's this, you know, underlying process that you're in of coming into that space of self-love as being fundamental, foundational to opening that door. And I love what you said about the mindset being about beliefs, behaviors, and feelings, uh, because that really gives people an opportunity to look, well, what are my beliefs about myself or about love or about relationship? What are my behaviors around this and what are my feelings? They can kind of investigate that. One thing that comes to mind for me when, um, as you were sharing, is this concept of self-love. You know, oh my goodness, how many books are out there? <laughs> And how many websites and how many things. And and I think reaching a place of self-love is is a a layered journey. You know, there's not like here, do this one thing and and then you're done. But I was wondering if you might share with um, the listeners maybe just one first thing that they could do um, in this world of self-love, like maybe something that you use with your clients or that you teach your clients that they could begin practicing themselves to, you know, increase that amount of self-love they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, that's if, if I was to boil it down to one thing, it comes down starts with compassion. So, an exercise that I do with my clients that really any of your listeners and anyone can utilize, uh, even if they're just in the beginning stages of discovery, right? Mm-hmm. Is what I call the matching game. And the matching game is very simple because we have thoughts that control us all the time. (laughs) And so if you have a thought that says anything that's out of alignment with your intention, so, wow, that was stupid. Oh, wow, why did I do that? Oh, that was really not good. Like, And these are thoughts of judgment, right? 
to really just acknowledge them first you have to become aware of them right i call them the three a's so when you do the three a's you could play the matching game the first a is just to acknowledge it uh, just to become aware of it so that's the first a and then to acknowledge it with compassion like just saying oh wow i'm kind of having a hard time right now i'm being really so self-judgmental right now (laughs) Mm. and gosh that's part of being a human being right And can I be gentle and understanding with myself, right? And then just say, you know what? I'm worthy of Mm self-compassion. And then play that matching game, which just puts you back into that flow, puts you back into that alignment and say, even though I'm being self-judging right now and even though I'm being critical right now, the third A, I love and accept, which is the Mm -hmm. third A, all parts of me, all parts of me, right? So you're not shutting down that voice that says I'm stupid or I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy. You're actually listening to that part of yourself rather than diminishing that part of yourself, right? Because Absolutely, that's what it's yeah. about. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's what love and compassion is about. It it's is. not about let me be positive all the time. It's about... Listening to your feelings and and what's coming up for you. Does that make sense? I know you must do this with your clients. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to say it is very very similar to something we do in the very first um, session of the program, which is around acceptance. Because when you are, man, when when you're dealing with healing from, from abuse, and there are so many different things that are not working in your life, and one of them might be relationship. And certainly there can be a feeling that there's so much that's not going right or so many things that you're struggling with are not doing the way that you want them to do. All of our attention and focus can go so quickly and easily to, you know, the bad self, right? That All that. And we put all of our attention there. And creating some of that space for just acceptance, like, you know, I am where I am today and that's where I am. And not feeling that pressure constantly to fix it or change it, but instead to yeah. just first step, accept it. Be aware of it, acknowledge it, accept it. Um, absolutely. So I fully endorse that message. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you summarized right? it so well. It's the three A's, right? Aware, yeah. acknowledge, accept. However, The thing about acknowledge is, I say, I believe this wholeheartedly, is that there's only two ways to to acknowledge, which is with judgment. Like, what's wrong with you? Why do you think this way? Like, why are you acting this way? Or with compassion, like, wow, Mm -hmm. you're having a really hard time right now. Like, where is this this coming from, right? Like, it's a very different question. And when we go to judgment, there's no, you're just in a cycle. It's like this this cycle. You keep going to this cycle and you can't come out of it until I, you know, something I say is that the key to healing is compassion, right? Yeah. And yeah. then through compassion, then you can go into creation and then looking at what the next step will be and what the next step will be. However, it starts there to like really, when you're judging yourself, to play that matching game, you know? Right. Well, yeah, and I love the that you're bringing in this concept of compassion and self-compassion because 
I certainly know from my own journey of healing and, and just being in trauma and then in working with clients every day, we are so hard on ourselves. We can just pick ourselves apart, but we would never do that to another person. You know, they would come and talk about making a mistake or doing something stupid or whatever, you know, and we would, you know, console them or, you know, tell them it's going to be okay. But with ourselves, man, we just rip ourselves apart. So, you know, turning that compassion that we so easily give outwardly, mm-hmm. inwardly, I think is, is so important. So I love that you're, you know, bringing that to the table here. You know, the other thing that comes to mind is when we're starting to navigate this world of relationship, I often find that it it almost feels like there's two sides of the coin. On one side, there's that part of you that is just dying for, like, love and affection and attention and companionship, and you just want it, and you can feel yourself, you know, straining for it and, and being drawn towards it. But then there's that other side of you that is, like, scared as hell. Like, nope, don't want to go there, run away, hide out, avoid at all costs. And so there's this tension between the desire and the fear. And I'd love for you to talk with us a little bit about that. First of all, how does one even tune into the fears that they have about relationship that might actually be stopping them from going forward? And then, you know, what are some things that they might um, be able to do uh, in order to overcome that fear? Mm. Well, it's a lifelong journey, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but it does, it, it, you know, the fears that we have, the only way to conquer those fears is to shift your mindset to having faith and holding a vision for yourself that is bigger than you can grasp at that moment. And that vision, I I use the analogy of the tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel. So just imagine yourself being in this tunnel, and it's a very dark space, right? And you're Mm -hmm. scared, and you have all these fears that come up, and it's dark, it's scary, and you just don't even know what to do, right? However, there is light. And you might, it just might be this tiny little light that you can see. Um, the way that I work with my clients is to, what I do for my clients is I stand <laughs> right where the light is and having that support. So whoever's in your mm-hmm. inner circle, your coach, maybe it's you, maybe it's someone else that your clients work with, right? Um, and you stand at the end of the light and let your client kind of walk through that tunnel because it's in that journey that that person creates that sustainability and conquering those fears and having obstacles and moving through them anyway. So it's knowing that you're feeling fearful about something, but you do have that desire, your focus, your vision that you can't even fathom right now is still there, and it's that loving, fulfilling, surviving relationship that you absolutely want or desire or you're in but you still have struggles in that relationship, right? So mm-hmm. to, to walk through that tunnel, but to not focus on the tunnel, like focus mm-hmm. on the light and just take one step at a time, take one step at a time, right? And so I use the concept in, in the tunnel, um, I use crawling, walking, running. So, you know, when a baby first is, 
is born, so think of a baby as a fear. So when you first acknowledge that fear, um, it has to come into the stages of crawling first, right? So when Mm. you're crawling, don't have the expectation that you're going to conquer that fear and you're going to run towards that light, right? Mm. When a baby Mm. starts crawling, it goes through the steps of crawling, and we don't tell the baby, get up and start running right now. Right? right? But as human, as adults, we have that, like, hardness on ourselves to say, get up and start running right now when you haven't even started crawling yet. You're just, like, barely willing to acknowledge that fear, right? So yeah, absolutely. when you're at the end of the tunnel and you could barely see the light, just you're in that crawling stage, okay? And be willing to just crawl, right? Like, imagine there's a lot of people yeah. that might be parents on this um Oh, hold on one moment. My alarm is going off to remind myself to love myself. <laughs> um, perfect. <laughs> that's funny. That's perfect. That's so perfect. Um, yeah, I tell us more about that little day, practice that you have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will. So back to the tunnel and the crawling. So when we start crawling, it's an it's organic for us to start walking. But each, you know, when you have, when there's more, if you, if you put a room full of kids, each kid is going to walk at a different time, at a mm-hmm. different pace, mm-hmm. at a different, like, you know, they're on their, every every little kid is on their own journey, and, and you can't compare yourself to the other kid, like, wow, that one is walking already, and I'm like, I could barely even crawl, right? right? So letting go of all of the comparison and just saying, this is my journey, and right now, I'm just acknowledging my fear with compassion and I'm calling, right? Mm -hmm. Once you start calling, you're going to walk. It's inevitable. (laughs) And then when you start walking, you're going to start running and then you become, then you're going to get closer and closer to that light and your desire and your vision is going to become even more stronger and you're just going to step into it versus wanting to run to the light when you don't have the tools to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just... Right? Does that make sense, yeah. Rachel? Is it that makes analogy a lot of sense. Helps? Like, yeah. I hope it helps your clients. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a powerful um, visualization because I, I think that that pressure that we often feel to just hurry up and get over it. And, you know, I think particularly for survivors of abuse, they may put that pressure on themselves or, quite frankly, a lot of the external messages that survivors get is just let it go move on already. And I definitely talk about moving on, but the the nuance of that is you have to know what steps to take in order to do that. You have to have the skills and tools in place in order to support you in doing that. It's not just, oh, I'm going to wake up and be over it. And so I love the this idea of processing through fear as a way of thinking about it in terms of stages, and that as you develop more tools or you get more strength, you're able to do more, you're able to face it more, or able to step mm-hmm. through. Um, so that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that with us, um, Sonia. Absolutely. Yeah. So now you've got us all very curious. So you have an alarm that goes off every day that <laughs> reminds you to love yourself. Tell us about this little practice. <laughs> I do, I do, and, you know, I have my clients set those alarms up as reminders for, for for themselves, you know, and I need to remind myself of that, and the only reason that I can sit across from my clients is because 
I, I know how it feels like to be in that dark space where it feels like you can't take the next step, right? Mm-hmm. And it, the, the hope is in there and you feel totally disconnected and disappointed and defeated. However, it's like getting back up and reminding yourself of the little things and having alarms just, they're like little triggers. They're like little triggers that allow you to reset. And when, you, when you're when you in a funk, which is human, that's part of being, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's part of the process. And no matter who you are, you've been through something in your life in a certain arena that creates limiting beliefs, right? And it's it's while you're on this journey that you get to create supporting beliefs. And so little triggers like that, they're one of my favorites. So I have little ones <laughs> throughout the day. Um, at 10.30, it goes off, and it says, hey, Sonia, remind yourself to love yourself. And, you know, and I just I just take a moment and, and tell myself I love you. I love all parts of you. And even if I'm not feeling it in that moment, just allowing myself to say that shifts the vibration mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So throughout the day, I have things. I have one other alarm that says, remind yourself of your why, <laughs> of your purpose. Like, why are you doing what mm-hmm. you're doing? You know, mm-hmm. why is it important, right, to, for you to navigate through your fears and, and teach this to others as well? Right. So, oh, that's so pretty, fun. It's pretty Thank cool. You. <laughs> so fun. A great idea. So if, you know, nothing else, folks, something you can do today is set up your, uh, you know, I love myself alarm. And uh, what a wonderful little takeaway. <laughs> Accident, yeah, as you put say, it on Sonia. <laughs> And play it every on repeat. single yeah. day. Like you'll be surprised. Like every yeah. day, it's like, oh, I forgot about that. Because you're just, you're kind of, you know, you, you go navigating your life, and you're on go 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 mode sometimes, and then right, it's just, right. no matter what, that alarm goes off. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! So brilliant. So, um, you know, the other thought that kind of comes to mind as we're exploring this topic of finding love and and mindset is, you know, a lot of my single friends, there's just so much frustration. They feel like they're doing everything they could possibly be doing um, to find love and, and to create a relationship. And and yet it feels like things just keep falling through. And... Um, it just doesn't seem to work out or there's this problem or that problem or this roadblock. And so I would love for you to talk with us a little bit about what you've discovered. You've been doing this for quite some time and this is your, your focus is all on helping people navigate this world of love relationship. And what would you say is the number one key that um, that's there for really allowing love to find its way in? Um, so there's a formula that I use with my clients it's called believing plus doing equals having Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the doing is like minimal (laughs) or none it's having that vibration And so I would say trust and surrender, right? Mm -hmm. And belief is the key. So Mm -hmm. you focus on the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what, you're going to get that vision. But in Mm -hmm. the meantime, just let go of that constant search and this constant doing. And so 
the key is to stop focusing externally, okay, and come back to internally (laughs) and doing you and, Mm. you know, just having that moment. And, you know, my moment, like my shift, my breakthrough was when I was single and I had gone through this, my goodness, what felt like a tumultuous heartbreak that I wanted to shut down my business. And I was like, do I even believe in love anymore? Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, this is not real. And then when I had a reset and I'm like, I didn't found this concept. These are universal concepts. <laughs> and I just said, you know what? This is the only time in my life that I'm going to have the freedom of being single. So what do I want to do? What does dating Sonia look like? And every day, no matter how full my days were or no matter how sad I was, I would take myself on on a date. And I started to date me. (laughs) So what I say is let love seek you instead of you seeking it. Mm -hmm. So the formula of believing plus doing equals having, put 100% of your energy into believing, and the doing is all internal work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, imagine being this, like, I'm so happy being single, but you're holding your vision at the same time. It's not like you're letting go of that at all. But there's this surrender. There's this faith. There's this trust that you have that you're vibrating. And then you become this magnet, this energy, this vibe that attracts that love into your life. And what I'll say, the one thing that I want all I would love for all the viewers to really sit and just maybe have a moment with is this love is inevitable and it can come from any channel. It can come while you're sleeping. It could come through an email. It could come through social media. It could come through online dating. It could come through sitting at a, on a plane ride, like being at a restaurant, having coffee. But when you're in that energy, like you attract that into your life. So be the person that you want to attract in your life, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it will come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you have like, oh, I don't like online dating sites. Who's going to find love through an online dating site? Well, the chances of you finding love through an online dating site or anywhere are slim to none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful what you just said there. And um, I hope people listening will listen back again <laughs> because um, what you just created for all of us is a shift in mindset about what love even looks like. And we can become so narrowly focused in on relational love, intimate sexual love, that we miss all of the love that is around us all of the time. And so I I love this encouragement that you're giving us to shift our focus away from this singularity of love and instead open up to love in general and be love and love yourself and express love. And when you're in that space, if I'm here, if I'm hearing you correctly, when we're in that flow, love comes to us in all kinds of forms, including that intimate relational love. Do I have that right, Sonia? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So the two exercises that I would tell your viewers that are really, I mean, they're they're profound changes is to take yourself out on dates. If you're single and you want that love, just 
surrender a little bit. Give yourself permission to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And do you. Like, and be playful with that. And what you said, it's a really amazing, beautiful point, and it's an exercise that I did with myself and I have my clients do too, is at the end of the day, write down three ways that you gave love and write write down three ways that you received love. Either it's from yourself or someone else, like you did an act of kindness and you did an act of love or you, you helped someone see the love in them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so at the end of the night, because whatever we do at the end of the night, we marinate. Like when we're about to go into that deep sleep, then the next five to eight hours, however long people get to sleep, they marinate in those thoughts. Like our subconscious right. really just like marinates in those. And so imagine having loving thoughts for the things that you did for others and the things that you did for yourself, right? Yeah. And then yeah. for the next five to eight hours, that just marinates your subconscious, doesn't know good from bad, and all you're putting into it is good, then bam. That's, I mean, it does happen, and it, sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. So be patient, yeah. you know, and yeah, for sure. just continue your self-work. Well, thank you for that. Really great exercises, everyone. So I, I definitely encourage you to... Um, take that on and integrate, you know, those practices into your day-to-day because I certainly um, believe that they can be so powerful and, and shift so much for you as well. So, Sonia, thank you so much for being here today. It's been fun just to delve into this topic in general and then also to get into some of the nitty-gritty, you know, things you can do pieces. I so appreciate that about you, that you're able to navigate both of those worlds so wonderfully. And um, it's just been such a joy to to get to know you further and, and the work you do and your perspective on love and um, just really great. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And thanks for being a light in the world too and for what you do. Hmm, Beautiful. Oh, wow. So for everybody who's joined us and listening back to the the, um, recording, of course, you can uh, connect with Sonia and learn more about her and the work that she does around relationship coaching and matchmaking at finding-bliss.com. And you're certainly uh, welcome to email her directly. Uh, It would be Sonia at finding-bliss.com. And her name is spelled S. O-N-I-Y-A-H. So Sonia at finding-bliss.com or just hit hit up the website and you can certainly connect with her there as well. Now, one thing for you all to know is last week was Valentine's Day and Sonia started her 21 Days to Love um, through Instagram. And so you can actually still access that by joining or I guess it would be following uh, Sonia on Instagram and Facebook. So can you um, say a little bit more about that, Sonia, how people find you and how they get access to that 21 Days to Love? Yeah, they could absolutely get it through my website. All my social media links are there. Or if if they directly want to go to Instagram, um, my ID is Sonia, my first name, S-O-N-I-Y-A-H, and my last initial, so S. So it's Sonia's on Instagram. But it's easy to go right on my website and see little links to my social media and Absolutely, and the great thing about Instagram is they can go back to day one and start their day one. Can you tell us a little bit about what the 21 Days to Love uh, program is? 
it's actually 21 days to self-love. So oh, it's a lot of the right. things that we're talking about that, you know, self-love creates that love that you want in your life. So it's each day I have a little um, assignment, so to speak, and one of them is to set an alarm to remind yourself that you love yourself. So it's little, <laughs> little tips every day to do things to love yourself. And I'm super excited about it because that's what creates love and really anybody whether you're single in a relationship or dating or in the midst of one or something complicated. <laughs> it's a great, beautiful little um, event that I'm doing. That oh, fantastic. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, so, yeah, um, folks, head on over there to Instagram, Facebook, or the website to get hooked in so you can participate in the 21 Days to Self-Love and also learn more about Sonia and the services that she offers. And I just want to also thank everybody for tuning in and, and joining us today and a friendly reminder to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to also explore the resources that are available there on the site. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast because we have so much more to share. And until next time, take really good care of you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.